You might not believe it, but right from the Middle East where oil is king are some of the greatest efforts going on in financial services to make sure that the planet moves towards sustainability. And to talk about it, the two Ds have Shargil Bashir of First Abu Dhabi Bank here on Dave and Darm Demystified. From the studios of NMD Plus in the UK and US comes the Dave and Dom Demystify Show. Dave and Dom Demystify Show, making sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Wallace and Dom Mystery. Demystify. Welcome everybody to this week's show, and we're honoured to have a very special guest. We have Shagil Bashir from First Abu Dhabi Bank. Welcome, Shargil. Could we start with you giving us a bit of background to you and then talk a bit about the role that you're doing at the moment? Thank you, Dave. First of all, thank you for having me. My name is Shagil. I'm the Chief Sustainability Officer at First Abu Dhabi Bank. I've been with the First Abu Dhabi Bank for almost two years now, but I have been in the financial sector for more than 22 years, where I've had many different roles from banking, from risk management, governance, strategy, sustainability. And yeah, and my responsibility at the first Abu Dhabi Bank is to all focus around ESG across the organization. How do we enhance that? How do we enhance the awareness? How can we support the organization to champion ESG? So that's basically my responsibility. Fantastic. So can I just ask, at what point in your career did you move into sustainability And how did that come around? Because I guess that's interesting to understand people's stories around that. So my background is that I'm from Denmark and I work in the Nordic market for most of my career in banking. And there I've had multiple touch points within sustainability. The first one going back like 15 years when we introduced the green mortgages back in Denmark at that time, where I was involved in that project as a part of business development. So I've had touch points within sustainability for many times. My first full focused role on sustainability was actually when I came to First Abu Dhabi Bank. Before that, I've had like in many different roles, big touch points, big projects relating to sustainability, big engagements around this, working on strategy side of sustainability. But full flesh role on sustainability was after I joined First Abu Dhabi Bank. It's really heartening to see a bank like First Abu Dhabi taking the subject so seriously and having someone in a very senior role in the organization, ESG is becoming more and more important to the financial services industry, particularly banking. Can you sort of give us a view as to why you think it suddenly becomes so important and what the role of ESG is within a financial services company, as I say, particularly within a bank? So I think it's important to remember that banks play a crucial role in the society. Banks have multiple touch points with different industries for different segment of customers. So when we speak about sustainability, sustainability is not about a fraction 
of our day-to-day -day life. It touches on everything. It touches from recycling. It touches from what kind of transportation we use. It touches the way we see the world, the way we travel, the way we, you know, basically do our day-to-day -day stuff as well, which active choices you make. And I think that banks play a crucial role to support different segments and the different people on how we enhance our focus around sustainability. There, the banks can play a role, first of all, to create awareness. They can play a role to support on the transition we need to make in order to become more sustainable. And of course, the banks themselves need to become more sustainable as well. So you start by yourself to say, how do I become sustainable? And then how do you raise awareness, you support your customers who have touch point with everyone in order to get more focused about sustainability. That is the reason. So first part is that you provide the knowledge to become more sustainable, but then you also have the ability to provide financing services, different products that can help you become more sustainable. First Abu Dhabi Bank is a signatory to the net zero. So I think you're committed to going to net zero by 2050. I guess that sustainability aspect is kind of critical to what's going on within First Abu Dhabi Bank as well. Absolutely. So First Abu Dhabi Bank has been working with sustainability for some time. First Abu Dhabi Bank is today a merger of two banks. One of those banks made this first sustainability report back in 2010. So more than 12 years ago, starting discussing and raising awareness around sustainability and what we were doing. In 2017, we issued the first green bond in the MENA region. And since then, a lot of activities have been built on top of that step by step. Until last year, where we did our first full holistic ESG strategy, both with our focus for short-term, medium-term, long-term on the environment, on the social aspect, and on the governance. So we basically pulled everything together to create kind of our roadmap for coming years. As part of that commitment, we also joined the UN Convent Net Zero Banking Alliance, which is basically an alliance of banks who are committing to becoming net zero from your own operations, but even more importantly, your finance emission. So every time we finance something, that financing is created some kind of an emission with our customer. So that we have committed as well to become net zero by 2050. We were the first bank in GCC to do that. We were the first bank in India, UAE to commit to that as well. And that was an important step for us because this underlines our focus. We believe that as the biggest bank in the country and one of the biggest banks in the region, it is our responsibility to lead, support and guide on these very, very ambitious challenges or targets we have ahead of us. Climate change is a big challenge, is probably one of the biggest challenges of this century we are facing. And there we want to play an important role. We want to support on this transition. Picking up on one of the points you made is a lot of what you see as your carbon footprint as an organization is in your customers when you think about what you need to do in order to kind of help them decarbonize, I mean, it's an enormous challenge, isn't it, for the organization? Looking right across the value chain, I think I was reading that for the average bank, most of their emissions are not 
within their buildings, and most of it is within their suppliers and their customer value chains. So can you sort of talk about some of the things that you're doing or thinking about in terms of helping customers around that? I mean, obviously, there's financing, which is one way of doing it. Is there anything else that you're looking at as well? Yes, absolutely. So just taking a step back, just rightly, as you mentioned, Dave, so you have typically what we speak about scope one and two and scope three for banks, because we are not production facilities as such, our scope three is the biggest. And as a part of the scope three, it's our finance emissions, which are multiple times of our scope one and two. And there we have a responsibility to decarbonize that and support and reduce the finance emissions. And the way we have approached this, which has been a key challenge, but a vital focus for us is to start understanding our own baseline. Right. So have we financed? So what kind of emissions have we financed? So when we lend out X amount of money that the assets they're going to use that money for, what kind of emission does that have? And imagine when you're dealing with thousands and hundreds of thousands of customers, you won't have that visibility. So you start using some proxies. There are some acknowledged methodologies you start using on that to get a better understanding of your baseline. But the biggest challenge right now on that is that we don't have the right amount of data, so to say, because the customers don't know specifically the emission they create. Just like probably you don't know how much emission your car creates, unless you're driving a Tesla, (laughs) you wouldn't know how much emission you create yourself. And if you're interested, there's so many good ways to go out and calculate your own emissions and your own footprint. But that is actually what we're trying to understand. We're trying to understand our customer's footprint And once you have set that baseline, you can start engaging with the customers to understand how does their journey look like in the future? How are they focusing on decarbonizing their businesses and start supporting because they will need to transition towards a more sustainable future, a greener future. And how can you as a bank support on that? Again, from advisory perspective, awareness perspective, financing for the transition, that is extremely important. But as a bank, we also need to look into what kind of products, how do we raise awareness from a day-to-day perspective? And if you look specifically on the E side, so besides our commitment to decarbonizing and the net zero, which that basically is, what we have also done is that we have committed that by 2030, we want to facilitate 75 billion US dollars of sustainable projects. So we want to support our customers in transitioning to a better sustainable future. And we have, you know, committed to supporting with that big amount of money for for that part. And similarly, we're also looking into how can we enhance the focus around sustainability. So one of the specific things we have done is that we've created a product which is green car loan in partnership with Tesla. So if you're buying a Tesla, we provide you with a green car loan, which is the cheapest car loan we have as part of our, our different car loans. Similarly, we have a green mortgages we've introduced as a product. So if you're buying a sustainable house, which is created with the best category within sustainability, then you will get a cheaper mortgage for that house as well. We're also looking into different products that what can we do with our cars? What are the other options going through our product portfolio where we can get a sustainability angle onto those ones? 
from S perspective, we've also looked into diversity and inclusion. How can we become a more diverse organization? From a governance perspective, we have looked into how do we enhance transparency, our governance model across the organization. So we have taken concrete actions within the E, S, and G and set ourselves targets for the short, medium, and long-term that how do we achieve the long-term ambition. I love the fact that actually you're taking what I would describe as really positive steps. So looking to incentivize people to make better choices or conscious choices around what they're doing. I guess the alternative is you stop financing things. So I think it's really interesting to hear about the positive things that you're doing. You know, first Abu Dhabi Bank is based in the Middle East. I guess there will be a lot of people who look at the Middle East oil-based economies and go, how can you square the circle between what the region's wealth is built on with this drive to sustainability? Absolutely. So I think we need to remember that we are still transitioning to a sustainable future. Renewable energy is going to be an extremely important and vital energy source for the future, but we are still building on renewable energy. And while you're establishing and building towards renewable energy, you still need fossil fuels. If we still look at the international level, how much renewable energy we have, I think if you look at different numbers, somewhere between 20 to 30% of the overall energy today is coming from renewable energy, which means that we are still dependent on fossil fuels for some time. And while you transition, it's extremely important that we don't forget we need to do a responsible transition. Just as you mentioned, oil and fossil fuels is not something you can turn on and off, right? We need to make a plan. We need to make that transition. And if you look specifically what UAE has done on renewable energy, so from 2012 until now, the renewable energy has increased by 76%. Right. So total renewable energy in UAE today is more than 2,500 megawatt. Wow. Right. So it has been a big progression and there's many projects already planned towards renewable energy. But we got to remember that there's also another thing we need to discuss is that renewable energy is not something you can transfer. So today, fossil fuel is something we can transfer. However, we have still not found a solution to transfer solar energy from your house to my house right? or wind energy from your place to my place. So there are still some obstacles into going to a full 100% renewable energy mode, which is still being developed. And there's no doubt that we are going to see innovations in the coming years that is going to make significant difference for us to create a sustainable future. But until those solutions are in place, we need to keep focusing on taking the right steps, making the transition to a greener future. But it will for some time still involve fossil fuels. And we need to ensure that we do not look away from a future of renewable energy to hydrogen in the future. That is the future. But in order to get there, you still need to use the existing sources we have. Again, it's a very well-made point because if you switched off the carbon economy today, I mean, the world would collapse, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I think the crisis we are seeing in Europe right now is a good example. Just turning off some energy sources can have some vital consequences, which we need to understand. We need to have a secure 
energy future and we need to have a responsible and sustainable energy future. So it's not about choosing A or B, it's about transitioning from A to B. I like what you're saying in terms of that path to transition. What's exciting is the opportunity for people and companies to really innovate around the subject, to really focus on solving some of the issues that you describe. If you look across the Middle East, there's a huge potential around solar. I was talking to someone who is kind of senior in investments in Africa, and he was explaining about the opportunities in Africa for not only solar, but wind. You know, I think there's huge untapped potential But all of these things are going to need investment, which goes back to why banking is such a crucial part in driving a lot of this change, because money is needed to drive all of these things, isn't it? Absolutely. So right now, the expectation is, if you look at the different numbers, that more than 100 billion US dollars in investments is required in this region for renewable projects within wind, solar, and so on. So much investment is required. There are so many projects. There are so many good initiatives being taken. Let's remember UAE was the first country in this region to commit to net zero. So despite being a fossil fuel economy, you commit to net zero because you understand the importance of it. You see the importance for it in the future. So again, Middle East is going to be one of the regions who is going to get hit by the climate change the most. Yeah. Right. So we have a responsibility to focus on this. And the country and the leadership has taken a focus that how do we enhance the focus on this? But we do it in a responsible and a sustainable way. So that is extremely important that you find that balance. And innovation is going to be the key. I think you're spot on the solutions we require to get to a sustainable future. I'm not sure they exist today, but they're they're being developed right now. They're being researched on right now. So we are going to see innovations in the coming years, which will really make a big difference in order to get us to net zero by 2050. Just touching on one thing you said about the Middle East. I, I think you posted on LinkedIn and anyone listening, I think it's really worth following Shagil, because I think you post some really, really interesting content. But there was an article saying basically the Middle East is in danger of suffering the worst from the temperature rise. So it's sort of a burning platform in terms of solving these issues now, isn't it? Absolutely. So this was an article from the Washington Post. So at COP27, there's going to be a research paper that's going to be presented and discussed. And as a part of that research, it found out that in the Middle East, the temperatures are rising almost double as the rest of the world. Right. Right. So we are seeing the challenges of climate change coming much faster and harder towards the Middle East. So there is a burning platform. There is high, high focus and commitment in order to address these challenges, to support, first of all, the region, but also externally in the world towards a better and a more sustainable future. You mentioned COP27, which I believe is in Egypt this year, and then COP28 is in Dubai next year. How are you preparing for both of those things? Getting two COPs to the region is truly unique and vital and important for the region. To showcase the focus the region has is extremely important. COP27, which is going to take place in November in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt, is going to have a lot of focus around Africa 
naturally, because Africa is such an important part where we need to focus on sustainability. We need to support, we need to enhance the awareness and focus around the opportunities Africa has on sustainability as well. It's going to be extremely important. COP28, of course, taking place in UAE is going to be extremely important from our side at FAB. Egypt is one of our key markets. We have a big and strong presence. We can showcase some of our experiences, some of the challenges we see and discuss those. Similarly, at COP28, we would like to play an active role as representing the private industry to discuss the challenges and how we can address those challenges so we can move from commitments towards actions and solutions. So that's the role we see ourselves playing, not only at COP, but in any discussion that we need to move from commitments to concrete actions, which can create some solutions for the future. Thank you for that. It's interesting about that point of turning to action, because I guess your role within First Abu Dhabi Bank, historically, ESG would have been a reporting role rather than a kind of active role in many ways, but yet... I get the sense that what you're doing is working across the organization to identify opportunities for the various segments that the bank looks after. But you know, you're looking for action, aren't you, in terms of what the bank is doing? Absolutely. So my teams and myself, I'm here to support the organization. I see ourselves as a support function in a literal sense. We want to embed ESG in everything we do. If we want to champion ESG in the future, we need to embed it in every angle, in every part of what we do. And that's a cultural change. So that's going to take some time. But every time we speak with a customer, every time we're thinking of opening a new branch, every time we are thinking of launching a new product, a new service, a new software, we need to think about what kind of sustainability ESG impact does that have? That is how success looks, right? That's the direction we want to take. But in order to get there, it's not enough to make some commitments. So that's why it was important. Last year, we made a commitment to join Net Zero Banking Alliance. But since then, we have worked on saying, what are the concrete actions we need to take? So how do we go from that commitment to concrete actions? That's why it has been extremely important for us as well to focus on the product development part of it, to look at the services, to look in our internal processes, look at our internal commitments. How do we engage with our different stakeholders? So the only way we can make ESG and sustainability successful is by working very closely with our stakeholders because they are experts within their different fields. What we can bring to them is the ESG angle and work together with them to get that angle. And hopefully over time, ESG will just become like digital or like compliance, that everybody thinks digital. Everybody wants to think around compliance when you work in a bank. So hopefully we get to that point in some years time that it's just become part of your day-to-day job, that everybody is an ambassador and a supporter of ESG. I think as a model for active ESG within an organization. It's absolutely fascinating. And, you know, I think the bank needs to be commended for seeing this as important. I think you need to be commended in terms of the role that you're playing, because when I have dealt with First Abu Dhabi Bank, you can see that it is starting to be something that people are really, really thinking about. So that whole thing of connecting, informing, 
educating, inspiring, you know, around the subject, I think is really, really the best and the only way to go, frankly. So, you know, it's been fascinating chatting to you. I'd really like to thank you for your time. And as I said before, it's really worth following Shagil on LinkedIn. He posts a lot of extremely good content. And yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for taking the time and thank you for listening about what we do at FAB and on ESG. Thank you so much. Great to chat and thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Dan Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week. The Dave and Darm Demystify Show is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.